Selena, if I can get this fierce couple, this fierce husband or wife, mother or father, to watch or listen to one episode <laughs> for the rest of the year, it would be this the one. The rest of the year. <laughs> no, the I mean next it, week. Yes, we have one more in this this in this year. But I would still say for the entire year, like yeah. this one to me is uh, one of the most foundational topics, and it has to, has to do with being a family that is living mm. on mission. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be a special kind of year-end, uh, fierce marriage, fierce parenting, mm. mashup episode. <laughs> and uh, we actually have another one coming out after this that will be a mashup as well. And it's going to be a continuation of this series of what does it mean to be a family, a marriage, parents mm-hmm. on mission? What is the urgency there? Why is it important? What does it mean? And then next episode, we're going to cover uh, how to actually turn that into a tangible what, do, a statement, a document, what we call the family vision statement. So we're going to walk you through the first half today and then the next half next week. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you on the other side. So Ryan Frederick. Yes, ma'am. He's Ryan Frederick. I'm Selena Frederick. If you don't know who we are, <laughs> we're all things. Great to have you. Yeah. Fierce. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, I have a question for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Selena's supposed to ask questions. What? <laughs> How would you define a marriage on mission? What does that look like to you? What does that mean? I know we're going to go through that, but just in your own words, we're talking about living on yeah. mission uh, because it's important, not just because it's important, but because we want to be obedient to God, yeah. obedient to his word, um, faithful to his word. So why do why do I have to live as a, cu- as a married couple on mission? Why can't I just be married and... Well, That's good. because we don't live in a vacuum. We live in a universe that is governed by our good God, and he has saved us into something. Mm-hmm. So he has saved us into not just our salvation, thank God. In Christ, we are saved. We are called righteous because of what he's done. But he's also saved us into and commissioned us yeah. into his cause. And that when we say to Jesus, I trust you to be my righteousness, mm-hmm. to, to call me good before the living God, we also say, you're not just my Savior, Christ, you are my Lord. Mm. And so for Christians, we don't really have an option. We, we don't say, I'm going to be on mission versus I'm not. Like We are called to live on mission. And, and another way to put that is we're called to live in light of who God is and what mm. he's done. That's what it means to be on mission. So if you call yourself a Christian, if you would say, we are a Christian household, mm-hmm. then you are being called then to live in light of who God is, right. and that's and that's what we're going to hash out today. Is what does that mean? Right. Why is that so important? And why do we oftentimes bungle it? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And well, because there yeah. are some distinctives, and I think they've become. This is not a new conversation for us at Fierce Marriage, but I think that it's become more radical over the last year or so, just because of what is happening in culture uh, and the contrast and what the kind of the. I don't want to say barriers, but just the the sin and the brokenness that is happening in our world today mm-hmm. to live in a Christian household with oh. one man, one woman on mission for Christ is become so much more radical uh, in the last few years. So we just want to hit that nail hard if, on the head. If I were to summarize the last three years in human civilization, I would put it in three words, Christ or chaos. Choose Christ or choose chaos. And I feel like our society time and time again is choosing chaos over Christ because they don't, we cannot have Christ at any cost. Mm -hmm. We must have something else. In that case, we will gladly choose chaos over as a society. And so as Christians, of course, we choose Christ. But oftentimes in this area of life, of family life, we can, we can be like 
like uh, like rafts floating down a mm-hmm. river. And we just go wherever the river takes us. Yeah. We figure, I'm in this river. The river's got a current. There's motion here. <laughs> and here we go. Yeah. And I'm saying, no, if we're going to be choosing Christ from living on mission, we need to take that that our vessel, our family, we need to give it a direction, which takes careful thought, intentional effort, give it a direction, turn it to face somewhere, now give it propulsion to go there. Mm-hmm. And so we, we are not called to just be drifters. Mm-hmm. We need to be builders. We need to be fighters. We need to be uh, ministers of the God, disciplers. Yeah, we need to be actively out yeah. in, in this world, living in light of who God is and what he's done. Right. And so we must choose Christ. Mm-hmm. And as families, we must actively avoid chaos because, like, we know, how, again, this is a mashup episode. We're talking about <laughs> marriage. We're talking about parenting, parenting, all everything yeah. like, as a family unit. We just often just, we go after whatever the next, like. Uh, the next stages in life or whatever. We're kind of, yeah. you know, you have a new baby, which we're on the verge of doing that. You can kind of go into survival mode for a bit. But at some point, you have to step out of survival mode and start living on purpose and on mission. And not that having a baby is living off mission. <laughs> well, you, well, you can even but, be in whatever that season is, knowing full well that season has context. Right. So right. like when we were in the early years of starting uh, Fierce Marriage, like we knew yeah. this wasn't going to look like what we hoped it would look like over the next years, right. few years. But you have a context. You said, we're going to do this hard thing. Right. This thing that doesn't actually, we don't have any proof or evidence that it's going to be fruitful. Right. But we do believe that it's useful based on what we believe God is leading us to do. Um, and so I think a family on mission is willing to make those cho- those choices and take those risks right, and make, make those decisions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as you can tell, it's, it's something really, <laughs> we're really passionate about, I would say. So let's start with scripture. Well, first, let me give you an idea of where we're headed. Uh, we're going to just show you a picture of what it could look like. We're going to prove to you what the problem is mm-hmm. with, with uh, within most families, uh, we would contend. Um, and then we're going to provide a solution. And then, like I said in the intro, the next episode will be yeah. tangibly walking through uh, what we call a family vision statement. Um, Selena, if you could, would you read from Matthew 28, starting in verse 18? Yep. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is the Great Commission, yes. right? Uh, this goes out to all believers. You know, yeah. I got in a Twitter battle once with a woman who said, you're not allowed to tell people the gospel. <laughs> and this woman claimed to be a Christian. You're not supposed to tell them if you're a Christian? And I was like, well, I, I listen to, I read the Bible and the Bible tells me to tell people. <laughs> and so I'm going to share the gospel and you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> and so this this is, this is goes out to anyone who says, they are a Christian. He, this is the command. It's not specific to disciples uh, That in that time. It's specific to all future disciples of Christ, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, so where does this fit in marriage? Selena, how does, how does the Great Commission fit into the larger picture of a marriage? What would you say? Um, well... A couple, a, a couple. It's a, it's a couple, a gospel couple <laughs> right there. A couple. Just making stuff up. Um, yeah, a couple on mission. You know, they live, they live this out with unity and joy. It's fueled by the gospel. They are, um, they are understanding that the Great Commission, just the depths of it, right? So go and make disciples. Okay, so we talk about who are some of our first disciples. You know, it's each other and then our children mm. and. Um, if you don't have children, maybe they're spiritual children, or maybe there's a community that you're supposed to be in and discipling one another, right? And so 
it's something that it, that radiate radiates out. So it's like you threw a, a stone in the water and those rings that are radiating out, right? The stone is like the gospel. All the rings coming out is like your your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your spouse, mm. your children, uh, the people in your community, your church. So it just kind of radiates out. Um, and then, so then you are actually living, well, you have to kind of, I feel like you have to go through each of those mm-hmm. circles, which I don't know, we might do, but how does, what does that actually look like when you're, yeah. when you're taking those steps? I mean, it's understanding things like your finitude. We are not infinite people. I yeah. cannot do all the things, see all the people, know everything that's going on in everybody's life as much as I want to, because we all have a kind of a savior right. God complex where we want to fix people. We want to bring, we want to save people. We want to. Bring them all to Christ, and and yes, we shouldn't stop striving for that. We definitely should be sharing the word of the Lord and the gospel. But I'm not the savior. I can't change hearts. I well, can't. and recognizing that we have limits forces us to make decisions, right? And say yes to some things and no to other things. And that's the essence of what mission is. If if you're living on mission, you have a purpose behind right. the yeses and the nos. Right. If you're floating down the river, you are taking the yeses and the nos based on whatever you're whatever is in the air that day. Right. And so this is an encouragement to not do that. So what I hear you say is there is a, a larger context of the Great Commission. Now, within married life, right. we are living out uh, certain married things. And as a marriage, we are, have a, a different um, kind of a different, I'll say, potency, right? right. People, uh, whether you're married or not, you're, you're called into the Great Commission. But as a married couple, you have a unique, I don't want to say call. I think that's too strong because single people are very much I called. Think, maybe. There's some distinctives. Yeah, I, I want to go to the garden for this one. And because this is where you get what's called the cultural mandate. Yeah. Um, and you see a version of this, I think it's in uh, Genesis, uh, uh, it's with, no, I think, I want to say Genesis 6, but it might be later. Um, it's probably later on. There's a cultural mandate there as well that kind of echoes this garden mandate. And here it says this, it's Genesis 128. And God blessed them and God said to them, so they had just been together, just been, he had just created male and female. And God blessed them. He said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And I have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mm. So in a parallel account in Genesis 2, they are one flesh. Mm-hmm. And then you see this, out of that one flesh union, something unique happens. They are now, they are now married. They are now one flesh. They're mm-hmm. a couple. Immediately they're put to work. Yeah. It's not like, it, you know, they didn't have a honeymoon. <laughs> I'm not saying honeymoons are bad. Well, but in this know, case, yeah. it was like, be fruitful, multiply. Well, part of, yeah, part of enjoying one another, I think, is is being fruitful and multiplying together, right? Mm-hmm. And not just I'm not just talking about sex and having babies. I'm saying it was something he said to them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, work together, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it, uh, steward it well. It wasn't like this burden... It hadn't become a burden or a toil yet, as we know for the word. And this Edenic picture of right. fruitfulness is is so thematic in that it was the kind of model for things acting as if God, mm-hmm. in light of how God created them to act. Yes. And yes. full compliance with how God created them to yeah. act. Like a tree that is fruitful is acting as a tree should act. <laughs> and just in the same way, a, a couple that is fruitful or a Christian who bears fruit yeah. is acting as the thing should act right which is so interesting a side note i was reading in luke today and i think jesus was there's a couple parables about fig trees but he's like if it's not producing you know you curse it and chop it down right like so there's so i mean there is there is something to be said for something not bearing fruit and 
which we can talk about in a minute, but I just, yeah. So like you said, it's very thematic throughout all of scripture. Right. So what, let's talk through that then. So what does it mean? So let's talk about these three things, bearing fruit, Mm -hmm. multiplying, Mm -hmm. and then fill the earth and subdue it. Right. So bearing fruit as a Christian, uh, we actually make this case in our book, Fierce Marriage. It's out. It's by Baker. Uh, Baker Books published it a few years back. Um, I still stand behind. I love, love the book. Go yeah. get it if, you, if you're curious. But we make this case for what bearing fruit is, the, the uniqueness. Yes, the unique marriage. Fruit-bearing scope of a marriage. <laughs> and it has to do with uh, having kids. That's part of multiply, too. So there's a right. little bit of uh, – But also just like uh, operate and flourish in an ordained creative in, – in, in the ordained work that God has placed you in. So mm-hmm. – uh, namely the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so Galatians 5. We are called to bear fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Now, that's an individual. We think about those that in individual terms. But like, how might a couple bear fruit? Well, I think it can be augmented in a marriage because you now have not just yourself that you're, you're kind of battling your, your own flesh, but you are also battling someone who knows your flesh, right? Who knows your sin, knows your weaknesses, mm. is very privy to all of your mistakes and <laughs> shortcomings. And so now you have this great sanctifier right next to you or mirror, right? That if not wielded with care, with patience, right? With gentleness, with love, with forbearance. Uh, mm. I don't know that good fruit will come from that, but if we are both again submitting to the lord the holy spirit is at work in us there's fruit being produced i think it's going to be more augmented and obvious because there is someone there and i'm not saying that you can't be single and not bear fruit and not have obvious fruit i'm just saying that one of the (laughs) marriage is great but then when you have somebody that that knows you inside and out and sees all your weaknesses like that's that's a humbling thing and that's that's grounds for produce i guess Let's get down to the nitty-gritty then because if you have a couple that this is why you see a marriage stagnate yes and why you see a family culture kind of go sideways how so well if you have kids that are constantly out of line they're they're constantly uh disobeying they're constantly on the verge of you know rebellion if not an active rebellion Mm -hmm. um you have a a couple that is not growing closer together we don't tend to drift closer right we tend to drift into isolation absolutely and so a couple that's not bearing fruit is not learning to be to, yeah. to be more loving. They're learning kind of, they've not experienced instances of loving actions in right. the past and maybe they're coasting on the emotions that those right. begat. But at some point they're, they stop growing. Yeah. And so you have a stagnating spiritual intimacy, you have a stagnating emotional intimacy, you have yeah. a stagnating sexual intimacy. And in, in, in many in many times this lack of vision, yeah. right? Proverbs says for lack of vision, people perish. Yeah. This lack of vision begins like a rot in, in the core of the marriage and it, and it, begins to eat up, eat away at the core and individually the shriveling begins. And mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm just going to use a quick example, a husband and a wife who uh, maybe they had a, they had a baby. Okay. So they had married for a couple years, we'll say two, three years. They have their first child. Um, the first child was like putting, you know, a grenade in the middle of their, <laughs> their pumpkin patch. Right. <laughs> and so nothing that they were used to experiencing as a couple yeah. makes sense. They didn't go into the child with this sense of, we need to continually drift, like fight to be closer right. or we'll drift apart. What happens that the mother gets involved in motherhood as she should. Yeah. The child do what children do. Very selfish, very needy. All these, all these things that are good and right for a child, the husband trying to provide, well, what's happening emotionally? They're drifting now. If a husband is 
is not careful, he will drift into all sorts of sexual temptation. He will start entertaining thoughts. He'll start looking at things online that can evolve into a full-blown pornography addiction, which will have devastating effects on his mind and on, on the sex life of this couple. Obviously, it'll have devastating effects on his wife if and when she finds out. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's that's shriveling. Mm-hmm. So now they are both shriveling on the vine, right? Right. Because they've not recognized the need to turn the ship and propel it somewhere meaningful. Right, and this looks different in every season. So you're talking about, you know, having babies, having young children, right. uh, steering the ship and making those decisions are going to look different, I think, than if you're obviously an empty nester or have teenagers. There's going to be mm-hmm. the, the, the mission is still the same, right? The vision is still the same, but you're going to be, you may I, be. I would push back. I'd say the mission is always going to be the same for a believer in that right. we are we live for the glory of Christ. We live oh, to make disciples. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, but the vision for how you go about doing that is going to be very different. Sure, so, okay. Uh, I, I'm thinking of a, a – so the example of the, the worn-out husband. Yeah. Well, if he's chosen a job that is taking him away from his household 80 hours a week, mm-hmm. okay, if his sole vision, whether he acknowledges it, or, acknowledges it or not, is to make as much money as possible as quickly as possible, then that might make sense. Because 80 hours a week is more than 40. Right. You can make, theoretically, more money that way. Right. Many times you don't because if you're working 80 hours a week, you're probably salary and it's just... <laughs> but but a man on mission will say, this is no way to live my life. I'm called right. to be fruitful in this. Right. And it's it's this is killing my family. So yeah. now you have, you have a way to turn that ship. I need to find another job. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pray about that and be in unity on it so that we can be closer, so that our kids can grow right. in a healthier way. Right. I can be more involved. See how it's different. Some Whereas, of it is mm-hmm. just acknowledging what we've either allowed or what we have what we desire uh, or what we've just kind of accepted and, and, and come into, in, into our marriage and saying, okay, holding it up, right, to the Lord and saying, is this really what, like, is this, is this obedience? Is this faithfulness? Yeah. Is this... And that, uh, I want to jump in because what I really want to do is I want to challenge couples to to question everything in a healthy way. Because a lot of times we don't question the status quo because it's the status quo. Like, of course we need the the $40,000 minivan because we have kids. (laughs) Well, like, I would question that. Well, what's that going to cost family? Well, it's it's more than $500 a month. Yeah, It's going to cost you whatever it takes to earn that $500 a month. All that, the mental energy, the time. These are questions that we've gone through in our own marriage of how do yeah. we make financial decisions that are not gonna flip our boat over, right? In this mission and in this vision. How are we gonna make mm. uh, decisions about school, about having children if, you know, it, as much agency as the Lord's given us. And so how can yeah. we do these, these make these decisions about a house, where to live, what to do? How do we make these types of decisions that are living on mission? And well, we have some of these in Genesis 128, we're saying, God told us to be fruitful and multiply. Okay, so where's the best place for us to do this? How do we mm. how do we multiply in this community? How do we bear fruit with one another in the best way possible while setting priorities and boundaries, knowing our finitude and knowing that our own uh, capacity, right? And, mm. and understanding that the goal in life is not just to have all the things, check all the boxes, and then enjoy, you know, life here and there. I mean, I'm not saying that's sinful. I'm just saying... Are we doing that in the order of priority, I guess? Is it, yeah, that that can happen, but not as a primary end. Objective, yeah. It needs to be something that happens along the way Absolutely. through contentment and peace and yep. living on mission. Uh, and the last one that uh, we see in Genesis is this filling the earth and subduing it. Right. 
This one, I could probably talk about this for way too long. I'm going to make it <laughs> fast. I'm passionate about the idea of, of the household economy. Yeah. Like what, We've what done is, a couple episodes on it. What is our industry as a, as a household? Like what do the Fredericks export into the world? <laughs> these, are, these are conversations I have with our daughters. Yeah. And they, they you know, I'm not trying to tell them what they need to do for their entire lives, but I will say like Fredericks, this is what we do. We write, we produce books. We put words out and we, we, we communicate the gospel right. through books primarily. Like books are life. They always say that because that's how we, <laughs> that's how we, honestly, that's how we survive. That's what I spend most of my time doing is writing yeah. and reading. And they spend most of their time reading with you. <laughs> and so that's our family industry right. is, is books. But some other families, their export will be different. Right. And see that you're starting to get closer to what that mission is. Well, yeah, because not every family can be authors. Or well, be and whatever. can you name that as a family? Right. right. Like, if what what is the mission that God has given us? You know. But if you picture your life is like this garden, the Garden of Eden, that picture. Right. And I remember, I'm just imagine Adam and Eve standing there, and God saying, "Fill this and subdue it." Mm-hmm. And they're looking; it's teeming with life. Yeah. And so, what did Adam just say? Like. Was he just picking, like, no, he had to go and cultivate the land. She had to go and start cultivating the land with him. Yeah. There was a mission they were about. They were infiltrating the land yeah. with the, the will of the husband and wife. And I'm not saying that we override what God asked us to do, but there's, when he says, put your hands to this work, we have to go in and get our hands dirty right. and grab the right tools and start digging up some stuff. Right. And um, a lot of couples never get there. Right. And you, again, you don't have to be a couple to do this. You, this is a call of a, the Christian life is to go fill and subdue the earth. Right. But as a couple and as, you know, a marriage and family podcast and, and YouTube channel, we're talking about this in that context, because again, there are distinctives for working with someone else and how mm-hmm. what that's going to look like because if one of you's on mission and one of you's not it's going to be a it's going to be a bit of a drudge but does yeah. that take away does that disqualify the mission does that say well then I guess I don't feel and subdue but you can do different things and still be on the same Absolutely. wavelength and and I think couples they they don't understand that or embrace it maybe uh, well, and how can you find unity around that if you're yeah. not unified um and frankly, if you are already unified, then sometimes it's just about brushing up and tightening up. Yeah. Shoring up, you know. Yeah. We always need kind of a reset. And in the name of that. So we've kind of painted the picture. What does it mean to be a couple on mission? Now yeah. let's look at what's the primary problem. We've touched on this, but I just want to drive it home as the last part of this episode here is that I think if I could put it into one phrase, what's the problem? Why are couples maybe not living on mission? or Why are families not living on mission? It's because our margin is off and our decisions are, are, are um, they're disordered. Right? Sure. Our priorities are disordered, I'll sure. say. Margin is off and the priorities are disordered. And what I mean by that okay. is when we have no margin, uh, we it, we have no margin, we can't stop and think about these sorts of things. So sure. we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off sometimes. Yeah, We're busy about, you know, I mean, how... I think there's seasons of that, absolutely. You know, I think there's seasons. Um, margin is is very important. Uh, we had... By margin, we where, mean the extra space in life, whether it's yeah, financial the white margin, space. time margin, emotional margin. Okay. So talking about finitude and saying, you know, come to me, these are the words of Jesus, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we say that your margin is off, we're saying that we're asking you the question, have you gone to Jesus? Are you feeling weary and burdened? Uh, 
Have you received the rest that comes with knowing Christ, that comes with being in his word daily, that comes with knowing who he is, knowing your finitude, knowing where you're supposed to be and where you're not supposed to be? Like what are your responsibilities and roles and what are not yours uh, as a human being? The yoke that he's given us, he says, learn from me. I am gentle, I'm humble in heart. Well, the only way you can really be gentle and humble in heart is if you are not trying to do all the things that you think you're the one piling it on in your head, right? And this gets into the parenting side because, frankly, a lot of times what happens is you get into parenting and as your kids grow, you want so badly for them to have all the opportunities, all the experiences that you can possibly afford them. Uh, And so you end up saying yes to a lot of things because you feel bad saying no. And without being... And so one of our fierce parenting tenets, if you're coming in from the fierce marriage side, is that all of parenting is discipleship. Mm-hmm. Every single decision that you make as a parent is a discipleship decision, whether you mm-hmm. let little Johnny get an <laughs> iPhone or whether you let little Sally play soccer. Like that's a, Those are discipleship right. decisions. Right. And so uh, I think... But we, if we don't say no to the right things, we end up saying yes to too many right. things, whether they're good or bad. So one... And we squeeze out the margin. And what? Uh, and when you, you said this earlier when we were talking, a yes to something is a notice to many other things, but also a no to something is a yes to something better, right? Yeah. Um, so talking about, again, going to Jesus, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I always read those words and I'm just, I think about the life of Jesus and I was like, that was not an easy life. Like that was not burden free. But why is he saying this to us? Why is he saying, because we can go to him and he's taken on our burden of sin. He's He's defeated death. Now he's saying, okay, come to me and, 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 live and take my yoke upon you. Well, what is his yoke? His yoke may not be our yoke, right? The one that we put on ourselves. And so when our marge, when we're feeling heavy, when we're feeling worn out, feeling worn out, and we are striving so hard in this life, uh, we're saying yes to too many things. Uh, Our priorities are not in order. Mm -hmm. You know, they're exposing parts of our heart that maybe we're not even seen, but maybe another Christian couple could see and help us, right? A guide couple, or maybe our, our spouse is seeing it. But there's there's places there we, we are not believing in the sufficiency yeah. of Christ. We're not resting in the sufficiency of who he is. Let's bring that down home, because I am I said earlier, and I'll say it again, we want you to question everything. Yeah. And not just to put doubt in your mind, but to begin asking yourself, is every decision somehow filtered through and is it making it through the filter because it fits into the vision of our family now, right now you may not have a family vision statement yet you may not have a mission statement yet rest assured we're going to walk through that in one week and i, I hope you join us for that but a lot of times uh by the time it gets down to that that place we're not quite so like here's for, for example the, to uh, a couple that is they're, they're working themselves ragged right yeah. a lot of times it's a lot of times it's some form of lifestyle creep right, right? Uh, whether your kids are going too hard, too fast, doing too many things, or you've got too, your, your balance sheet just doesn't ever work. Every month you're, you're <laughs> yeah. trying to make it work. Yeah. Uh, well, or, or if you feel called to do X, but you're stuck doing Y, and you can't make the, the jump from Y over to X because there's too big of a financial gap there yeah. or there's too big of a logistical gap there. And, and this is why we say question everything, because if you're called to X and you're doing Y, you are now called to actively try to get from Y to X. Now, right. do we claim all the agency over that process? No. God is God. He's sovereign. He's got to work. We have to trust him. Mm-hmm. But he's also called us to put our hands to the plow and to mm-hmm. get to work, to subdue that earth. So now we need to sh- point the ship over to 
Y. Yes. I can't remember if it was X or Y at this point. <laughs> y is here. <laughs> X. <laughs> we got to get back on course to wherever that, that mission is. And frankly, this is where it gets a little hardcore and people start, we start losing people because we say it might mean some big lifestyle changes. So, uh, Give, which means giving up something good or desirable in order, again, saying no to one thing that might be good and desirable, like I said, yeah. in order to say yes to the bigger thing or yes That's to good. God, the, the the obedience and, and faithfulness factor, uh, which is eternal treasures in heaven, right? That It's not just about the here and now. And again, having that eternal perspective, I think, is one of the biggest yeah. drivers for us living on mission. We've... and. We're not just, we haven't been unscathed by this process no. ourselves. And we're not here to say, like, hey, live <laughs> like the Fredericks. We're just saying, question this. Is God calling you we into something? Question we want to free, free you up to live like recklessly for God. Yeah. And make sometimes foolish decisions. Like Selena had a, I'm just going to say this, I'm going to brag about you. Oh, I thought he was going <laughs> to, he's like, make a foolish decision. Okay, <laughs> Selena, let's talk about you. No, Selena, <laughs> Selena is a, was, was, probably still could be uh, an equestrian photographer. He oh. used to do these big events. Big, right? They're like big for the equestrian world. You'd go around the country doing photos for all these big events, traveling, awesome photos. And we had our first daughter and she was about three months old. No, she was like six to eight months and old. And you were at, yeah. was it the World Equestrian Games? No, no, it was just a it was just a, a show up north in Northern California and it was... And we were you know, trying to keep, allow you to keep working because you really enjoyed it. The income was when something. When I committed to, to these committed to prior it. thinking, I can do anything. <laughs> and uh, we had to have a lot of hard conversations and you had to have a lot of hard time with God praying through that and yeah. wrestling with it in your heart and eventually came to the decision that this cannot coexist. Right. I with, cannot have a child and try to travel and do photography and I never regret that decision. I, I it, if anything, it was a, a, it catapulted me into being able to make decisions more quickly, more wise decisions more quickly, because you can say no for a season and then in another season find even deeper joy and more meaning. And not that again, those are your objectives, but I felt the Lord saying, you know, this is the path that you're on, and this is a, a gift right. and a beautiful. This is the role. So step into it or step out, and you're gonna you're you're gonna deal with life either right. way. But the Another encouragement very is very yeah. quick example just to show you how this process fleshes itself out is we both had good jobs. This is before kids. Mm -hmm. I was working for the state. It was a very secure job. I was at the top of my pay grade at the state, and I just knew there was something that if I had stayed there, that it would not be faithful. Remember that, yeah. and we. We decided, and it was a, a drastic move. But we, said, we, uh, we thought we can either make this, take this chance now, and it was not easy. It was very un uncertain. We had no idea how we were going to make ends meet, mm -hmm. or we can start riding the ship and going that direction and trusting God along the way. And that's where adventures happen. And that's where you get the stories of like, look, how, look what God did. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we're this perfect example. We're just saying that we've been there. If you're on the the edge of a precipice and you're looking down, you're thinking this is scary. And we know that there's a, a version of living on mission that we are wanting to go toward, but we haven't yet done that. Yeah. We want to encourage you to feel free to begin asking those questions, Ask begin unpacking questions. this. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and that'll get you closer to the solution. So reorienting uh, those priorities. And finally, just very quickly, what's the solution to this wrong priorities, right. lack of margin, as we need to remind ourselves truly what matters with rhythms built in yeah. to our life and yeah. into our marriage. Uh, one of them is listening to a podcast like this, <laughs> frankly, um, but also rhythms that have to do with communion with God. Okay, if we're not communing with God, 
<laughs> Absolutely. How can we expect to? I wouldn't say that's a rhythm. I'd say that's command. Um, it's it is a rhythm that you need to put into your life, yeah. but it is an absolute command to be communing with God and to know him and to spend time with him in his word and worshiping him and praying uh, and and knowing him so i that falls under command for me but working that what is a command but another rhythm and habit in your life that you're developing rhythm is you're making it non-negotiable absolutely it's it's as it's as certain as going to bed at night yeah like it will happen every day good definition i like that uh another one that has to be non-negotiable is christ-centered community and that's the church that's going to be other christians in your life you can have friends that are not christians but they should not take the place of the christian community in your life should be centered on christ that should be the he should be the thing you have in common and then finally conversations that matter and that's being transparent within that community yeah actually talking about deep things not just shooting the breeze not just talking about sports not just talking about the kids but talking about who is jesus and what is he calling us to right and how can we disciple our kids better how can we live as a family on mission together and how can we make decisions about jobs and geographic locations and uh ministry and all those kinds of things that that are just kind of at our fingertips and where's Mm -hmm. the lord where's the lord leading us you know and what is god asking us to build right right like i feel i'm very strongly in the camp that Christians are builders. Yes. We build things, we create things because we have a building God, a creative God. Um, we're out of time for today. Uh, next week, we're going to talk through the Frederick family vision. We're going to walk through the process of creating a family vision statement. Yeah. And we're going to uh, give send you to a tool where you can actually go download. We have an ebook. I think it's like 50 pages, but it will walk you through this process. So you can actually download that. You can go through it. You can print it out. Yeah. Go through it with your whole household. Um, so please join us for that. We hope that this this episode has enlivened you to this need and the, the wonder and beauty of having a, a family mission, a yeah. family vision statement. Uh, whether you're married without kids, whether you have kids, whether you're headed toward marriage, we just want to urge you to live on purpose for Christ. Mm-hmm. You are a marriage created for the glory of Christ, and we want to call you into that as much as we possibly can. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. I thank you for these couples, these husbands, these wives that are hearing these words. Um, I pray that you would stir in them uh, just an urgency that is sweet, that's exciting, that's a little scary, but it would be calling them into something that they um, so clearly see you calling them into. I pray that you give them um, uh, not complete certainty. They need to trust you, but I pray that they would have complete certainty in you, the fact that you are leading them um, in whatever that calling is. I pray for the the marriages that are just barely um, holding on. They can't keep their heads above water. They feel like they can't seem to get along. They can't seem to find uh, intimacy and closeness. They can't seem to um, recover from betrayal. I pray that you would strengthen them, give them hope, help lift their eyes to the goodness that you have for them. I pray that you would heal them, and I pray that you would help them move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, I thank you for joining us. Um, Since it's a long episode, I'm just going to shut it down. So this episode of Fierce Marriage is... (laughs) In the can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.